Welcome to HBW's Over the Counter podcast. I'm David Ridley and I'll be chatting with industry experts and insiders about the latest trends, issues and intelligence in consumer healthcare. In this episode, I speak to Halion's Global Head of Regulatory Intelligence and Policy, Ian Urquhart, about the innovative and flexible approaches that regulators took to ensuring access to medicines during the coronavirus pandemic. We chat about Ian's work with the Global Self-Care Federation, where the Regulatory Affairs Committee, which he chairs, has been looking into what happened during the pandemic and drawing lessons for the future. Strengthening supply chains, Rx to OTC switch and e-commerce are all on the agenda for the organisation, which has published a series of papers in these areas to inform future self-care policy and regulation across the world. Uh, hello, Ian. Thanks for coming on the HBW uh, Over the Counter podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, David. Look uh, forward to talking. Excellent. Um, so do you want to just introduce yourself first, um, you know, what you're doing at GSCF and also uh, your role at Halion? Sure. You know, Kart, I uh, at the Global Self-Care Federation and the co-chair of the uh, Reg Affairs Committee of the Federation which uh, represents members both from industry as well as trade associations in the self-care OTC sector. And then uh, life at Halion, uh, I lead an intelligence and uh, policy function within, within Reg Affairs uh, function at, at Halion. Excellent. Well, it's uh, a real honour to have you on the on the podcast. Um, I believe that you've been working on um, a project where you're looking at some of the regulatory innovations and flexibility that um, that the pharmaceutical industry as a whole uh, has seen during the pandemic and trying to um, see what can be learned from that in terms of expanding access to medicines, particularly OTC. Um, so would you like to just say a little bit about that first? Yeah, so, you know, collectively, I think, you know, as a planet, we've all gone through the experience of the pandemic and then we saw a lot of change, right? The, uh, during the pandemic, normal was challenged, and so and we saw many new normals emerging. And so, in 2020, the federation and its members, a, a sort of small group of us, decided to sit down and see sort of what positive lessons could we draw from the various adaptations made in response to to the pandemic. Could some of the changes we've seen in regulatory agencies, for example, become embedded in new ways of working? become a new normal in ways that benefit all stakeholders, uh, regulators, industry, and of course for the many people around the world that rely on access to many consumer healthcare products for their everyday healthcare needs. Um, And essentially our analysis of what was happening during the pandemic looked at those changes that we think will be around for the longer term, and those beneficial changes to ways of working that we believe should, uh, shall we say, stick for the future. And what what is um, GSCF asking for, or industry? What what are the kind of lessons that, um, as an organisation and as a sector, would you like to see learned from that, according to the research that you did? Yeah, I think there's a certain overarching principles or lessons that can be be learned from the pandemic. I think there is definitely, in my view, an increased awareness of self care. Um, more consumption of uh, digital information. So 
home became the center of self-care and it's more virtual health care as you know people desire digitally enabled personalized and continuous self-care in the form of apps wearables otc medicines use of food supplements so um a recognition that self-care plays an important role in resilience healthcare systems i clearly think that it's been increased awareness of that as we emerge from the uh, pandemic and we should not underestimate self-care's contribution to everyday health the the lesson i think also was the what remained unchanged we have important principles to protect consumers to ensure product quality safety and efficacy to deliver access uh, to ensure you know supply of products supply resilience but how best to achieve those goals was challenged in some places you know while we were socially distanced while normal practice was disrupted. And here, I think you know, the lessons are that we saw greater adoption of new digital ways of working, as well as risk-based approaches to get to those, those outcomes. And then we also saw an acceleration of some existing trends. For example, uh, we saw you know, regulators co cooperate and, and uh, rely on each other. We saw more use of that. We also saw uh, an increase in the use of uh, e-commerce, for example, which is you know unlikely to return to to pre-pandemic levels. This is the new normal. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of detail in those uh, reports. There's three reports uh, in total out of that that particular phase. So, um, you know, listeners should have a look at those, and and you can find them on the HBW Insight uh, page, where we'll we'll put the link to the article we published. Um, and we'll go into a little bit more detail, I think, um, later on in this in this chat about some of the particular things, the trends and, uh, and, and the changes we saw. But I'm wondering, you know, given your kind of dual role in this, um, you're, you know, chairing the the group that's looking into this. But at the same time, you know, you're practicing, you know, this area in Halion. So what did that look like uh, from your point of view, from a point of view of a company? Um, you know, how, how did that? help what you were trying to do um, and then what you know what role were companies kind of playing in terms of uh, I know you know there's that obviously a distance between uh, industry and, and the regulators but there is an element of dialogue and um, you know partnership there isn't there so you know what role were companies playing in helping regulators manage what was a really difficult situation on all sides really yeah um well, I suppose when the pandemic happened, you know, it was clearly not life and business as usual. So, you know, the global self-care members, the companies, uh, needed to respond to the pandemic to continue to show access to the many self-care products and solutions that, you know, many millions of our consumers and customers value. You know, at the same time, members were getting, you know, the intelligence and, and seeing the impact of the changes being made to regulatory processes and guidance seeing the emergence of new ways of working and so it it was important to uh, engage with the the authorities on on some of those changes we saw for example you know almost on a daily basis the issuance of new guidelines now clearly many of them were directly applicable to the work that was going on to find the therapies and the vaccines but they were they were directly a, a, you know some were and some of the activities and, and what was going was directly applicable to the OTC sector as well. I think overall the CH 
people, the consumer healthcare industry experience was generally positive. You know, the display of regulator agility globally, regionally, nationally, you know, where we, we needed to make changes to API or supply APIs at the pharmaceutical ingredients or have supply route changes or administrative document requirements. We, we saw the regulators respond and engage us in a dialogue. So there were markets where, you know, we need to lift export restrictions for certain active pharmaceutical ingredients or finished goods and governments and regulators were prepared to engage us on that. We had, you know, we needed some priority reviews for uh, resuming production at certain sites or enabling uh, dual sourcing and we saw expedited reviews uh, of submissions to, to achieve those outcomes and in, in certain cases, certain products approvals and to these sorts of changes happen, you know, literally in, in working days, which is great to see. Uh, we, we saw, you know, approval to extend supply routes, allow imports. So there was a great willingness both on, on, on from the regulators as well as the industry to, to engage in, in what needed to be done and, uh, and collaborate. Now, I think those are, are are great lessons to take from from this pandemic about how if we have the same goals in mind and we're prepared to to uh, to collaborate we can achieve things right clearly this is in, in an emergency but again the, the point of the review was to say well there were some really great practices here what, what are the lessons we can take to 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 embed these in business as usual every day right it's not an emergency forever, if I can put it that way. Yeah, that's uh, that's really nice to have that detail as well, because I think, you know, in the, the public in the public eye, it was very much about, you know, vaccine approvals, you know, the absolute record um, time that those were created and approved um, and were very successful. And, and, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without them. But in the background, of course, there's there are all these other elements of the, of the pharmaceutical uh, industry in a larger sense that also needed to carry on working um, and people were relying you know not just on vaccines but also everyday products you know uh, to alleviate symptoms and 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 people are still you know having other illnesses it wasn't just covid you know um i think maybe in terms of um you know the public experience i think maybe one of the one of the first and enduring uh, issues that you know we all became aware of was how fragile the supply chain was and you know all kinds of consumer goods were just not available you know in those very early early months and there's just no way to prepare for something like that you know with all the the planning and um, and flexibility and supply chains in the world um, you know and so we had shortages of, of paracetamol, ibuprofen, whatever, and people are stocking up. Uh, but, you know, to a certain extent, that, that still kind of endures and, and the pressures have continued and, and come from different places now, you know, and we have the war in Ukraine. We still have problems um, with raw ingredients and, um, you know, transportation and, and labour. I mean, this is something that is clearly um, a lesson, isn't it, from, from the pandemic that um, you're never going to be able to predict these kind of um, completely unexpected events. However, surely there are ways that we can 
manage those systems so that uh, we become a little bit more flexible. Not and not and you know the blame isn't on companies; it's the entire uh, relationship, supply chain. You know everything needs to work together, doesn't it? So, what? How? How did that research that you've done um, reveal ways that we can improve those kind of systems? Yeah. Clearly, during the pandemic, there were supplier shortages, as you alluded to. Supply chains were disrupted, stockpiling took place, export restrictions, even pantry filling by consumers. And so I think when you look at some of the issues, you can say, well, what what are some of the challenges to supply chains generally, right? If we have uh, fragmented approaches amongst regulatory authorities to post-approval changes of, of products to, to dossiers, if we have uh, different or inconsistent regulatory views or approval uh, timings or divergent uh, regulated decisions, these all add up to making uh, supporting a flexible supply chain uh, challenging and will impact access. So I think during the pandemic, we saw things, you know, that that are you know, pointers to what can help solve these problems. For example, you know, cooperation, that single point of contact between the regulator and manufacturers proved very uh, useful. Um, you know, preparedness, if I can put it that way, for future emergencies, but, you know, some regulators have started local databases to ensure visibility of potential supply chain uh, shortages. And then the, the regulatory flexibility from, you know, multiple sourcing sites, you know, within this is the principle of regulatory line, reliance and, and convergence when you try and, you know, get similar requirements. Clearly, in the pandemic, the focus was on therapies and starting materials, but those lessons can be applied to, to other products too. And I, I think it's all about taking a risk-based approach and a proportioned approach to, to the life cycle management of drugs and to recognise within supply chains that these challenges exist and that solutions can be found in partnership if, if regulators and industry can work together to find you know, smart ways, for want of a word, to, to solve for these challenges within the, the necessary regulatory practices that do exist to ensure the quality, the safety and the efficacy of, of products. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Counter so far. Don't forget to follow Pharma Intelligence Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify and TuneIn. Also check out HBW Insight at hbw.pharmaintelligence.informa.com for all the latest health, beauty and wellness news and intelligence. Keep listening. This episode continues now. So uh, moving to a, a kind of favourite topic of, um, you know, the OTC industry. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there was this, I think there's where there was a bit of jealousy maybe on the part of um, consumer healthcare companies seeing these, you know, amazing vaccines being approved and thinking, well, I wish, you know, we could get our um, innovative products approved this quickly. And of course, you know, the, one of the major sources of innovation in, in the industry is um, prescription to OTC switch. So, you know, do you think that there's there will be a positive influence there? Um, I mean, uh, you know, in the UK, for example, we're definitely seeing uh, more 
switches um you know not necessarily well for both you know really uh, exceptional products, you know, women's health, for example, but also, you know, kind of more uh, uh, minor but still important switches. So maybe, you know, maybe that's been a positive influence there. I don't know what your view is, um, whether that can generally be the case. And then, of course, you know, is this is this a focus of GSCF's work to try and uh, influence in a positive way, you know, these systems to try and uh, expedite switches or or have more of them? Yeah, that's a, an interesting question. I, let me just say that many factors uh, contributed to the speed of approval for COVID therapies. There were regulatory factors. There was also political will, uh, the willingness to take financial risk. Right, this is during uh, during the pandemic, and and one of those factors during the pandemic in terms of uh, securing the approval for the vaccines was you know the use of emergency use authorizations, and this is a a specific regulatory pathway designed to expedite the availability of medicinal products during a public health emergency. I clearly switch plays and absolutely plays an important role in, in widening access. And of course, our sector does continue to look for innovative, way, innovative ways to gather the data and the, and the evidence to conduct benefit risk reviews uh, of switch candidates, right? including more use of real world data. Um, I don't believe that we're going to make use of an emergency use authorization, a particular regulatory pathway for switch when, when regulators do have particular pathways for switch. But I think as we discussed previously, what, what can help speed to market is, is you know, securing the right data, that, that uh, proportionate review of benefit risk, uh, understanding the benefit of switch, to to uh, to widen access, as I mentioned, right, and then you know on the supply chain, those so the, those flexibilities that I discussed earlier as well. So I think all factors play an important role in speed to market and access to OTC, uh, including their lifecycle management. And I think within the pandemic review, within the review of the lessons, should I say, of the COVID pandemic, we did not specifically focus on switch, but you know, really. That was not the focus of our views as such. Um, to answer your question around, you know, what the Global Self-Care Federation is doing, we we are looking at, through the use of a self-care readiness index. Uh, so this is ongoing work where we, we look at the key enablers of self-care in markets around the world. And it's a, uh, we studied 10 markets in the first phase and another 10 will be uh, publishing a report in, in September and how regulators have regulatory frameworks to enable switches part of that review. So we, we're looking at the regulations that are in place um, as a key enabler uh, to drive switch and then what products markets have specifically switched as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the um, the readiness index as another strand of, of GSCF. So you know, massive <laughs> workload at the moment on, on self-care. Um, and again, you can find that on the HPW uh, Insight website and we'll put a link to that. So maybe just to finish then, um, maybe you could say a little bit about what you're doing now, because, um, you know, obviously this phase uh, came to a, a, you know, kind of finishing point where you published these three reports. So you are you working on anything now following this up? 
Well, we we have the uh, we we've published the three year report. So I think what we we want to do now is is advocate for you know some of these lessons to be adopted. I let's use e-commerce as an example. As I said to you at the start the of our discussion, we we clearly saw an increase in in that space, the use of e-commerce. So what would we as members do? Clearly, first thing we want folks, regulators, other stakeholders to recognize the many benefits that consumers value through the e-commerce platform, the convenience, the time saving, the product access, access to information. And then we would say, well, what are the regulatory issues associated with this? In some cases, ban in online sales, other restrictions that are put in place, you must have a physical store in order to be able to sell online. Now, very helpfully, we saw many regulators change some of their views on e-commerce in order to enable e-commerce uh, during the pandemic. And so I think we, what we as members want to do are to communicate those positive changes, right? I mean, using e-commerce example, we communicate there's an underlying principle here, what's permitted in the physical world should be permitted in the digital world. Another principle is clearly we want to protect consumers. So we want to know that consumers go to trusted websites, for example. And so regulators are able to help in that area by making sure that in their guidance and their frameworks that there's a, a way to verify the, the websites. And then in terms of the flexibility that I mentioned that we're seeing in supply chain, again, we would advocate, you know, as a federation going out and delivering the message, recognize the key differences that enable you know, the sale of OTC medicines as consumers navigate this channel. And so, you know, what are the, the differences between shopping in a physical store versus shopping online and how can regulators accommodate those? And for example, we say, what would the Federation members do next? An area we see great opportunity for e-labeling, for example, and we want to see more use of e-labeling, for example, to help consumers access product information, and especially, especially via the digital channel, but not exclusively via the digital channel. But so though, those are examples of actions that the, the members are taking around the world. So I, I used e-commerce as an example, but clearly then again, we've had discussions in, in the area you know, supply chains, we saw the use of virtual inspections. And so our members would be interested, for example, in how do, how do we take the lessons from that pan, from the pandemic and the use of virtual inspections? Where is it appropriate to make use of you know, digital tools to enable the use of virtual inspections where appropriate? So it's about getting that message out there. Yeah, we really look forward to seeing, um, you know, the work on e-commerce and um, and e-labeling. So we'll, you know, obviously when when you produce something out of that work, we'll report on that. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a great, um, you know, that's a great overview of what GSCF and yourself are doing on this. And um, thank you for coming on over the counter and uh, telling us all about it. Thank you very much for inviting me, and uh, look forward to seeing you in in Cape Town, hopefully at the. Uh and Global Self-Care Federation's World Congress.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Over the Counter. Listen out for more episodes every two weeks and check out the further reading section of the article published on hbw.farmerintelligence.informer.com for related news and intelligence. And don't forget to follow, share and comment on Farmer Intelligence Podcasts on the platform of your choice. See you next time.